Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning back into Popcorn Politics. My name is Bree. This is my co-host, Nolly here. Welcome to our fourth episode of Popcorn Politics. I have my popcorn ready. Feel free to grab a snack and get cozy. Hi, Brianna. So, how have you been this these past two weeks? It's been a while since we checked in. Yeah, definitely it has. Well... My mental health, it's kind of like in and out, but I'm doing fine, especially with work. It's helped me a lot. How have you been doing? I know you've been busy. Yeah, I um kind of the same as last week. I um I have been working a lot and um like my job is just kind of stressful. I'm um I'm working at like a grocery pickup place so we're just we're always busy we have like 200 orders that we need to do every day and it just gets crazy um but I'm doing okay I like it actually that's good I mean with me with my line of work which is a behavioral technician I love helping people so helping people with their mental health issues actually helps me in the long run so I'm very glad that we both like our jobs and how we're living right now which is great because at least we're lucky enough to have a job while a lot of americans right now don't have one yeah i feel like um being being around people with like mental health issues wouldn't that get draining sometimes sometimes it does um i just realized i think this was like two weeks ago that i found out that four of my patients took their life and knowing something yeah. like that, it really does drain the energy out of me to the point where I get depressed myself because I do have yeah. depression. I also have anxiety. So sometimes it, it is like a barrier with me because as soon as I put myself in my client's shoes, my mental health will act up sometimes. Yeah, you have to have like a barrier of some kind mm-hmm. so that you can keep doing your job. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's really hard, but I'm learning as I go. It's just, it's it's a process, but I'm really happy that I'm going through with it. Yeah, um, I I haven't had a job like that in a long time. I used to work at a domestic violence shelter, but um, and that was you know a different kind of stress, and it did get really draining because. You know, the nonprofit world is just not equipped to like actually support staff. But I think that's a topic for another day. <laughs> um, so we we just wanted to go over the crazy week that we've had really quick. Um, the officers that shot Brianna Taylor were not really held accountable. And I feel like it was kind of wild to see this woman who is sleeping in her own house gets shot and the officers just let go almost. All right. And we also have Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She passed away suddenly due to cancer. Rest her heart. She was a really, she fought for us women for reproductive rights. She fought for a lot of minorities in the Supreme court. Um, The thing is, with the election, since this is an election year, a lot of people are are opposing or kind of affirming their 
not their opinion, but their support on Donald Trump electing another Supreme Court justice, which in my opinion, since it's it's an election year, it shouldn't really happen since people should, especially Trump and Biden, they should really like focus on their campaign. And then once someone is either re-inaugurated or inaugurated, that that person should be able to appoint that seat. So that's where I'm at with that. Right. And apparently, um, apparently the Republican senators who are now saying they will vote for whoever Trump nominates, they were the same ones who in 2016, they were saying um, the president shouldn't nominate someone at the end of their election at the end of their term so they should wait till the new president is elected and it just seems like now they're you know taking back their word and they're changing their minds just because it might work in their favor yeah exactly but anyway in any case the election is i think 37 days away um a lot of people are voting by mail but November 3rd is when we'll find the results. It might be like delayed a day or two, but around that time is when we'll know if we have a new president or we have Trump reelected again. Mm. Yes, but let's just hope <laughs> let's just hope that Biden does get the vote. Um so in this episode, we want to talk about something serious, just like last episode. Um, we're going to talk about Tiger Tail. This is a movie that's written and directed by Alan Yang, and it's autobiography. And basically, it kind of covers a man who has a dream to go to America. But to do this, he would have to leave everything behind, like the woman he loves, his mother, and he would have to marry a wealthy man's daughter. And in turn, it kind of helped. It kind of made his mind get kind of focused on some negative things, especially with work and being an immigrant, which I know due to experience that it's really hard. Yeah. It, um, so this movie is about a Taiwanese man. And neither of us are from Taiwan. Our families are not from Taiwan. But. I think we did both have some personal connections to this and it really resonated with us in a personal way. It's never easy knowing that you are somewhat of an outcast to where you migrated to, like you don't know the language or the people. It could be mentally straining. My father was depressed for a good few years before anything really changed and improved with my family. As someone who came to the US myself as a kid, I would get depressed and have anxiety because of how I was treated in schools for how perfect I had to be as an immigrant wanting to stay in the United States. Yeah, it can get very isolating. Um, And I think that's kind of how my mom felt for a long time when I was a kid. Um, My family moved to the US from India and um, my mom often t- like says that if she had been given the choice, she wouldn't have moved. She would have wanted to stay in India, but she didn't feel like she had a choice. She felt like my dad just said, let's move to America and, you know, took for granted that she would go, go with him. And 
So she, when I was growing up, she often complained that、um, she felt like a single mom. She had to raise me and my brother by herself almost, and he wasn't really around very much. He worked almost constantly. He was working nights, weekends.、Um, he kind of has a, his own business、mm-hmm. that he managed with one of his friends, and like owning a business is a lot of work, and he kind of. It kind of consumed his life, and he didn't really mind that much because I think he's kind of the person that likes doing that. But it did mean that we didn't get to see him very much, and it was really hard for her as an immigrant, as someone who didn't have a lot of friends in the area, and、um, I think it took a toll on her mental health also. Yeah, I mean. I'm very lucky that my dad. Well, my dad's an immigrant, but my mom she came to Mexico for him. But my parents were okay with my dad coming to the United States, and because of that, like due to his skills and everything, he became a manager of one of the biggest casinos here in Nevada, and it kind of took him away. So I know how you feel about having a mother that thinks that she's isolated because. Even though my mom is an American, she felt like she had to be a single mom because my dad was working so hard because he was an immigrant, you know. And I have my mom tell me that she got so tired to the point where she would leave the house when my dad was off. She would leave and not come back for a few days, and it was really hard on the both of them to the point where they almost got divorced a few years ago, I believe. So, I definitely understand where your mother's coming from with my mom's perspective. Yeah, so I feel like this movie, it's so special because it's not often that we see like parts of our stories in a movie, but this movie, I feel like Alan Yang just did an excellent job of、um, showing what it's like to have this story, but very like subtly. It wasn't very、um, overbearing or anything. He did it very artistically, and、um, it was just very well done. Mm-hmm. I just want to get into the characters real quick. There's Pinjoy. He is the main character of this movie. He is the immigrant that that moved to the United States. He experiences traumatic losses and changes in his life, aka adjusting to American standards, helping his wife Zenshin, which we will introduce to you later, get comfortable in America, work day in and day out, and having to raise a family while trying to help his family back in Taiwan. Because of this, his mental health deteriorated when his then wife wanted a divorce. He would have some flashbacks to what his life was as a younger man, and would lose some hope and light in his life to where it made him depressed. In other words, he was missing Taiwan and his family. But what he didn't know is that how he thought and how he looked at people after he migrated to America kind of strained his relationship to not only his wife but his kids. Yeah, and you really see that strain on the relationship when we see Angela, his daughter. She is a key character in this movie, even though she doesn't have as many scenes. She、um, tried everything in her power to get close to her dad, Pinjui. She says it's all she wanted just to get some res- to、um, to get to know him, and she felt like. He, she didn't. She wasn't able to connect with him.、Um, she tried to help him do housework. She took him to dinner when he came to the U.S. She、um, invited him to the New Year's party at her house, and the issue was his past 
and his decisions reflected on how um, he treated her. And since he wasn't really like talking about his past, it made her resent him. But that all changed once Pinjoy opened up to Angela and she was starting to understand her immigrant father. Because of her more understanding of him, they were more able to connect. And because of how he wanted to be more transparent with her, they actually went to Taiwan. And because of that, his mental health started getting better because he knew how to better cope and that he knew he had the support from Angela to help him. Yeah, so they they have this strange relationship for the majority of the movie and in the last like 15 minutes they finally go to taiwan and angela's never been to taiwan before i think Mm -hmm. um she didn't even get to go to her grandma's funeral and that was one thing that she was kind of upset about that her dad didn't even tell her that there was a funeral and Um, He said that he didn't tell her because she was busy with work and he didn't want to bother her. But it was something that, um, you know, it caused a gap in the relationship. So in the last like 15 minutes of the movie, both of them actually go to Taiwan and he starts to tell her about some of the things that happened in the past that um, that caused him to be the way he is now. So before I mention Penjoy's wife, Zhenjin, um, a little bit more about her. There's not a lot to really talk about, but she does move with Penjoy to America with him. And in turn, she actually tried to make him happy in everything she tried to do. Um, she gave him a family. She gave him a home and she gave him, you know, she tried to help him cope with the immigration and everything but it went as far as to a divorce because she thought that she was you know he was being sexist towards her because he always told her on how to you know do this do that while I do this like I didn't tell you to do that and basically that put a shame to her they got divorced and that's where another aspect of that mental health comes from because he's so stuck in the Taiwanese culture that he's not wanting to really kind of put in that American life in his family, if you know what I mean. Yeah, like, um, there was, there was one point where they almost danced together because before Pin Jui met Zhen Zhen, he used to like to go dancing with his, um, with his first love, Yuan, but with Zhen Zhen, um, at one point he plays this song on the piano and, or no, he plays this song on the radio and it's one of the songs that he used to love to dance to. And they talk about dancing, but when she asks him if he wants to dance, he says no. So that's, that's just another way that he's putting up this block that's preventing him from actually growing closer to his wife. I think one of the barriers when it comes to Penguin um, is that because of the because he had to leave the woman he truly loved, it actually caused him to be more closed up. So I feel like most of his uh, mental his mental health issues and how he's trying to protect himself come from leaving his first love. Yeah. Um... 
And speaking of his first love, her name is Yuan. She is who he was kind of seeing, kind of secretly, I think, before he moved to the U.S. And I guess for whatever reason, their relationship wasn't really approved. Um, but she was a wealthier Taiwanese young woman. So they were both very young. Um, she, her favorite singer is Otis Redding, and she loves to sing his Sitting on the Dock of the Bay song. Um, and both of them, before before they moved to the U.S., they're both very like carefree and happy, and they're in love. And there's this stark difference between their life before and after moving to the U.S. Because Yuan also does move to the U.S., but she gets married to a different man. Mm-hmm. But they're both in the U.S. and and you can kind of see how Yuan's life turned out and how. Pinjui's life turned out, and they kind of diverge. Pinjui's not very happy because of, um, you know, he he got divorced. He doesn't really get along with his daughter. He's having trouble connecting, and Yuan is happily married. It seems like, and and she's now giving advice to Pinjui about how to connect to his daughter. Mm-hmm. So for the plot summary, I think if you um, put together everything that we said about this movie, um, it's kind of like a clue. But in case you're still kind of lost, the plot of the story is Pinjoy. He's an immigrant. He came to America because it was his dream. He got a job at a local store. Um, I think it was a grocery store, convenience store. He worked his butt off. He actually ended up running the store, which is one of the reasons why um, Zinjin and Pinjoy's marriage was kind of like kind of slipping and it's coming on a thread. And because of that, his mental health deteriorated, as we said before, about like he always has these flashbacks of how his life was and how it could be. And because of that, he does have these strenuous relationships. And so that's basically the... The moral of the plot of this story and because of that we wanted to do some research on how mental health affected immigrants because <laughs> they're immigrants so we just wanted to kind of dig deep into some research that we found um with psychology and immigration so Sonali? okay yeah before we do that actually i wanted to say um we've been using the word mental health a lot and at first um, I was kind of confused about how, um, because when I when I heard about this movie, I did hear about the connection between Asian Americans and mental health, but I was kind of confused about what the relationship was in this movie. And then I thought about it and I was like, I feel like usually when we talk about mental health, we're talking about like um, going to therapy and um, we're actually talking about mental illness. But mental health is something that you have to do like every day. Like there, there are things that you do every day to keep your mental health so that you don't become mentally ill. And it's not necessarily just going to therapy, but it's things like investing in your relationships and um, exercising and eating healthy foods and all of those things keep you mentally healthy. So I feel like as a society, we also have to like adjust how we think about mental health. 
but I think this movie did um, did do a good job of like exploring some of these issues because so many of their characters were not um, emotionally doing well, and I feel like that is all part of mental health. So I just I wanted to say that, um, but. I feel like a lot of immigrants come to the U.S. and they're chasing this American dream. And so I was curious about um, how immigrants view the American dream and what the effects are on them. So I was surprised. Um, actually, if you think about it, I guess it's not that surprising. But I found that Hispanics are more likely than the general U.S. public to believe in the American dream. So, um, so I think that kind of makes sense because most, like, most immigrants do come to the U.S. because they're chasing this American dream. And as the generations um, pass, they become less and less likely to actually believe in it. Um, in the total U.S. population, only 62% of people believe that you can get ahead with hard, hard work. But of Hispanics, there are 77% that believe that you can get by with get ahead with hard work. Um, and also, the general U.S. population, 56% uh, of them believe that um, their standard of living is somewhat better. But 75% of Hispanics believe that their standard of living is um, better. So it sounds like a lot of a lot of Hispanic immigrants, at least, move to the U.S. because they want to build a better life for their kids. Their kids buy into this American dream, and it's true that they do have like a better quality of life. Um, but as as time goes on and they have more kids and um, they live here for a longer amount of time, they, they start to like lose their faith in the American dream. Mm -hmm. I also want to say that um, there's been a lot of interviews with immigrants from over 3,200 respondents. And I just want to kind of shift to Asian and Latino immigrants. So about Asian refugees and Latino immigrants, they both experience pre and post migration trauma and they associate mental disorders and distress, including depressive disorders. This can be caused by numerous of things, especially when it comes to the Latino, the Latino com community, sorry. <laughs> um, they have to deal with a lot of stuff during their journey, which includes war, torture, loss of relatives, staying in these refugees, refugee camps which have poor sanitation and overcrowding um many immigrants they experience imprisonment and socioeconomic hardships but after arriving to their host country my Im immigrants may experience um long-lasting asylum seeking process language barriers lack of knowledge about the health services that the united states has and especially with the loss of social statuses and discrimination this can all turn into post-traumatic stress disorder and in the future if not treated or left in the dark. And it could also lead to depression. Um, so that's just something I just wanted to bring out to the public in case they really didn't know about that. Right. Um, I think the 
I think the situation, the circumstances that you were in before you immigrate do definitely play a big role. Because if you if you were like fleeing a domestic violence relationship or um, violence or something and then you move, you're going to have all of this like residual trauma. And um, especially as refugees, the healthcare system is kind of awful um, in the U.S. at least. And so it's even harder to get mental health mm-hmm. help. Um, so it's just it's really difficult for everyone but I feel like this is not something that we hear about very often we hear about um we hear about like all of the hardships that immigrants go through but we don't hear about the actual mental health struggles that they face very often well going back to what I said about like the reason why my dad was depressed is because of the loss of relatives and say of refugee camps Because I did an interview with my father when I did an article on the Hill of Roses about immigration. And he did say that he witnessed a lot of deaths going into rivers, lakes, going even underground. And he also said that he experienced a lot of a lot of these like kids and teenagers. They were um. They were wanting they were actually like by their dead relative side and they lost a lot of relatives and because of that they were forced into the orphanage of the host country because of that and it causes a lot of straining especially with my father who is a who ha- he's a person with a heart of gold and it pains him to see it and he has flashbacks about it almost once a day every day and it really does hurt me so that's just another experience that I have with mental health and immigration when it comes to my father. Yeah, I really wish our system were better at supporting everyone. Um, I, but I think like the more marginalized you are, the even harder it is to get help. And um, not to mention all the stigma that um, people face in the first place. I think um, at least especially for Asian Americans, there's even more stigma. Something else that was shocking to me that I found was um, in China, I I couldn't find statistics about Taiwan, but in China, um, there are 1.7 psychiatrists for every 100,000 people. Compared to the U.S., where our system is not great by any means, but we have 12 psychiatrists per 100,000 people. So it's still awful, but we have it a tiny, tiny bit better than in China, where there's there's just a lot more um, stigma around mental health. And there are a lot of people facing depression and anxiety, even in China, where... Um, I saw some estimates that there were um, like 173 million people suffering from those issues just that were reported. So there's obviously even more that are not reported just because there's so much stigma. Um, And I think part of it also probably has to do with the culture of like working in China and and so I was, I was wondering after watching this movie, um, 
because the main character seemed so much happier before he immigrated, would it have been better if he had stayed in Taiwan or um, or was it good that he moved to the US? Because when he moved to the US, it, start, it seemed like everything kind of like fell apart and he was he was kind of a shell of his former self. Mm-hmm. He wasn't like, the man he used to be at all. Dang. I understand that feeling. I mean, before I came to the United States, I was this happy-go-lucky per- little girl. And now since I've been here, it's like my mood had to shift to perfection straight away. Because the reason we had our permanent residency is if I were to stay to be um, to have good grades in school or else they would have taken it away which was something that put a mental strain on me because that's how when we immigrated here that's how the world were to see us immigrants was if you don't do well you don't deserve to be here so that put a lot of strain on me because my dad will always push me to be better he would literally like have me study almost four or five hours every day um just so i could at least have those bees um so I, I get that mental strain. And because of that, I have anxiety. Um, so what people don't understand is that it does take a toll on most immigrant children. Because not only that they have to live with um, the, what's it called? I, I can't, I can't say. Uh, like Xenophobia. Xenophobia. Uh, and discrimination. Xenophobia? Oh, xenophobia xenophobia there you go thank you with xenophobia (laughs) and discrimination especially in schools where especially if they go to a school that is in the poverty line there's a lot of judgment there because a lot of people in those schools they experience a lot of hardships and so they have to take it out on someone and also with their mental health um some other stuff can contribute to it especially with social ecological model which approaches economic behavior does not occur in a vacuum, but it's affected by a larger culture and society. And basically what that means is that today's immigrants may adopt American culture without losing the connection with their native culture. But what we have been seeing because of the Trump administration, a lot of Hispanics are kind of regretting coming to America and trying to fit into that American cultural identity while they just all of a sudden lose their roots. Like the roots aren't there. Yeah, so, so what do you think? Do you think, um, like, the main character from this movie should have stayed in Taiwan? Or, like, how would his life have been different if he just never came to the U.S.? I think he would have been a little happier, in my opinion. Because, one, he would have kept the girl. Two, he would have took taken care of his mother, even though their relationship was kind of strained when he was growing up. But he still loved her a lot. Yeah. So he would have taken care of his mother. He would have stayed with the woman that he really loved. Um, even though it was his dream, he had a lot more in Taiwan. And it kind of showed because once he moved to America and he started settling, his mental health just went down from there. Well, when he, actually he went back to Taiwan at the end of the movie, he was a lot more thrilled and he was a lot more happy. Like we saw that we saw that sh- that like that shine that we saw in him in the beginning of the movie yeah i think a lot of times 
um, it's you you have to choose between like economic prosperity and emotional well-being and um, a lot of immigrants who move here they do get that um, economic prosperity not everyone but there's a good amount that do um, just like I was looking at um, there's a study from I think it was published in CBS I don't know who actually did it but um, it's talking about how like children of US families um, at the 25th percentile only rose to the 40th percentile but children of um, Chinese, Indian and Vietnamese immigrants um, they do rise up to the 60th percentile so they do they are able to you know climb up that ladder but we can't really say the same always about their emotional well-being yeah definitely that is true that is very true um and so i think another thing that like kept um that i kept thinking of while i was watching this was like something that's really important is like staying connected to your roots um, and how, like, when you move from your homeland, mm-hmm. part of those roots are lost. And um, and sometimes, like, an immigrant moves to the U.S. and they think, well, I'm not doing very well, but this is all for my kids. But those kids are going to, like, get all of that trauma and all of the anxiety that you're feeling passed down to them and so there's this like intergenerational stress that gets passed down and that's kind of what Angela from the movie was dealing with she kind of made the same mistakes that her dad made like they both the dad and Angela both like worked a lot they were like kind of neglecting their personal lives um both of them had spouses that left because they just worked so much and they weren't around very often and once they started to connect back to their roots they were they were just happier and um and that's something that actually the actor who plays Angela also talks about she says she's adopted and um like playing this part in this movie like actually really helped her connect to her own parents which I thought was just so cool um she I'm gonna read this quote from this podcast she did with um the podcast is called we're not all ninjas and it was just an interview with Christina Ko who's this actor who played Angela and she's talking about what happened when her mom got to see her um star in this film because her mom actually showed up to the set and she says it's the first time she's seen anything of mine she was never around to pta meetings dance performances nothing i felt like there's this disconnect between us it wasn't until this movie that i reconnected with her because so much of this movie is about understanding our parents because they're not as vocal with their emotions and they didn't explain what happened in their past and then she's saying that um, because of this movie, she realized she's a human too, 
and she has flaws she's made mistakes but that doesn't mean the love's not there yeah definitely oh and i also wanted to um go back on to the relationship between children and their parents when it comes to their culture so i know with a lot of um people growing up when they have immigrant parents um their home life is very different from the life that they kind of pursue in the public what i'm what i'm saying is that it's called a acculturation gap so basically what that means is that um variety of parent-child relationships and immigrant parents and children increasingly live in different cultural worlds because immigrant parents are immersed primarily in one culture context and their children in another they often know little of their children's life outside of the home for immigrant immigrant children it can be difficult to live with the expectations and demands of one's culture in the home and then the other at school children may not turn to their parents with problems and concerns because they believe their parents do not know the culture and its institutions well enough to provide them with good advice or assistance. So basically some of the um children parent strain of relationships when it comes to immigration comes with do they really know what I'm going through because it's so different from my home and public life that I don't know really what to do when something happens, you know. So they kind of like stray away from their parents when they have problems. So I think that's where some or most of the problems when it comes to children parent relationships come to play when it comes to immigration. I just want to put that out there. Yeah, I think a lot of times we feel like our parents can't understand what we're going through because they've never been through anything like it. And I think um from this movie um what we've seen is like sometimes the kids assume things about their parents past which is kind of an incomplete story like Angela had no idea that her dad actually had this woman that he really loved and that he'd never talked about and how that story how like a lot of what happened in his story was kind of similar to what was going on in her story and after they kind of talked she she started to connect with him more and there were other times in the the movie that they were just sitting and they didn't really talk but there was this silence and um and i think Christina Ko who plays Angela was talking about how sometimes like parents aren't expressing their feelings very often because they don't know how maybe there's like a language barrier or something but just the fact that they're there with you like that's that says something and so you can maybe we just like have to enjoy those moments where we're with people that we are trying to connect with and even if we can't like have conversations we can't have like these deep conversations about our past and things like that maybe we can just like appreciate that they're here with us and sharing these moments of time and eventually maybe we'll learn about their past but i think we have to be patient sometimes Yeah, definitely. Just like how Angelina, Angela, my bad. Even though she she was trying to be patient with her father. Like there were times in the movie where she got fed up because she's she wants to get to know him. She wants to get to know that side of her because she doesn't know. Because he's not open to it. 
And if I was in her shoes, I wouldn't blame her because if my dad, if I came to America as a baby and I didn't know where I came from, I would be like, okay, dad, like what's Mexico like? What's family back there like? I want to know more about the culture, who I am, because that is part of who she is. So I, it's, it's understandable why she's mad. Yeah, at one point she just, they're um, sitting for lunch and he's not really saying anything. She opens up about her own relationship, how her fiance left her and she thinks it's her fault because she works too much. And, and this is like a perfect opportunity for him to say something about how that was kind of what happened in his marriage. And he doesn't say anything. He just says, that must be really difficult. And so she just gets like really upset and she leaves the restaurant and she says, maybe we should stop trying. Mm -hmm. But eventually they do end up connecting. So yeah, I think, I think we just have to be understanding and um, it's hard, but I think sometimes I think it's hard to convey to kids who've never like experienced your culture what your culture was like like if if i had kids and moved to a totally different country and they've never been to america i would have a hard time explaining like what life in america is like because they've never been there and so i think it just like it would require them to be a little bit understanding with how how difficult it is to like explain this whole different way of life Especially if, especially if there's like trauma involved and um, all of these like difficult topics. Yeah, and maybe that's the reason why um, Pinjoin was able to um, have Angela come to Taiwan just so she knew more than he could explain. You know, because if yeah. it was me, like I'll I'll definitely bring my kids to Mexico just just because I can't really explain it I might as well just show you it you know because it's a better understanding yeah. and you actually get to like be in the shoes of your parent at one point yeah and maybe you can meet people who were actually in their lives she she doesn't have the opportunity to meet her grandma anymore because she died but um she might be able to meet other relatives who were in her dad's life or like former friends or something mm-hmm so um, I am wondering if we have any policy recommendations for people who are like hearing about this movie and thinking about mental health and wondering um, what can we do in our American policy system that would make it better for immigrants um, who are struggling with these issues or anyone struggling with like these types of mental health issues. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I was thinking one idea that I've heard floated around in the past year or two is um, the four-day work week. So, like, the standard in the U.S. is to have a 40-hour work week split over five days. And that's not true for everyone. You know, some people are um, like small business owners. Small business owner, you usually work a lot more than that because 
you just have a lot more responsibility um or if you're you know like a shift worker or something you can work more hours but i think the standard is 40 hours so instead of that some people are suggesting that we do four days and i'm not sure if that means we would have 32 hour work weeks or um or just that the hours the 40 hours would be split among four days instead of five days but i feel like that would be an interesting um solution because it would give you an extra day to spend time with your family and um take care of like other things that you need to do or if you don't feel like spending time with your family you can just take time for yourself and um do whatever you need to do to relax and recover from your week Mm -hmm. one of my recommendations and suggestions is to have people be educated about mental health so people have more of a support system I know a lot of people in my life that are struggling with mental health and they don't have a support system because their family isn't, aren't educated about mental health. Their friends aren't really that educated and same with some of their loved ones. And I believe that when it comes to like some schools, even though like they're talking about like putting in more curriculums in schools right now, I definitely believe that the basics of mental health should be one of them because as a teenager, you go through a lot of mental health. A lot of people don't really agree with that. But trust me, in high school, there's a lot of cliques, which means a lot of people are going to want to fit in. They're not going to love their body, which in turn can cause eating disorders. It can cause a lot of depression and anxiety to be beautiful and to be handsome. So I definitely recommend people um, either do a little bit of research or to be educated, like go to a psycho- psychologist or a clinical psychiatrist and to learn a little bit more about mental health issues and mental illnesses. Um, I think um, it's also really important for counselors and um, mental health professionals to be aware of like cultural differences in the Asian American community, not just cultural differences, but to know that um, like mental health is still like just as important of an issue as it is in the rest of the country or the rest of the population. Um, Cause I feel like a lot of times, like we, we hear only like parts of stories of Asian American lives and we don't hear Um, we don't hear about like depression and anxiety in Asian Americans and um, I think there are many reasons for that but having therapists who are aware of that issue like would help like reduce some of that stigma I think Um, but I think this this movie is like one of the first movies I've seen which actually goes into this a little bit because I think like a lot of the Asian American movies we've seen kind of like the characters aren't very well developed we don't really hear about the hard things that they're going through and so this movie kind of like it um it makes you like go deeper past all the stereotypes because I think a lot of people assume that like Asian Americans are these like 
quiet people who just they work really hard and like they don't have like I don't know like emotions or anything and this movie just goes past all of that and it says no they actually do have like all of these issues that if you look deeper you would see them Mm -hmm. definitely I agree with that so I think this concludes our discussion on this episode. We went through a docuseries. We just went through a movie. Next episode, we're actually going to go through music, music, um, history through music. So please stay tuned for that. I'm very excited about it. So have a good night. Have a great week. Please try to check on your friends on their mental health and their mental illnesses. If you know anyone, give them the resources that they need. Dial 211. Whenever you think someone needs help. And they'll give you the resources. So with that being said. Thank you for tuning into this episode. We'll see you next time.